You're listening to Positively Anti-Inflammatory, the show for people just like you who want to keep inflammation down and your spirits up. I'm your host, Alyssa Abrahamson, functional nutritional therapist and wellness coach. Today and every Wednesday, I'm here to be your coach and your guide as I offer insightful ways for you to lead a positively anti-inflammatory life. Hello and welcome to episode 119. (laughs) Yay! I am very excited because today is a special day. My dear friend, Naomi Less, is on the podcast here. Welcome, Naomi. Hi. (laughs) So Naomi is a musician. She is a ritual leader. She's a songwriter and an educator. And we are going to be talking about... The themes of wellness in conjunction with the Jewish holiday of Passover. Because Passover, the first Seder starts tonight, starts tonight. And Naomi and I were hanging out a few weeks ago. And I was like, Passover is coming up. Let's get you on the podcast and have a rich and meaningful discussion about all the themes of Passover. And how it relates to health and wellness. So again, welcome, Naomi. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so thrilled to be here. This is really fun. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So first, I want to share how we met. And I don't think that we've talked about this since we met. So let's just see if our memories are the same. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay, I'm going to throw out a year. I think. Oh, I think I- it was like maybe 2006. Uh, no, and, and we were performing together at this amazing theater in Manhattan called the Zipper Theater. Yep. And it was a very, very special place. And sadly, it, I, it, it, I don't know, it closed down. You're like, not that long after, like, I'm not even sure when it closed down. But anyway, you so we were performing in a show together, right? Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. Nice yep. Jewish girls gone bad. We and backstage. We were back. <laughs> yeah. But I remember watching you perform on stage. And but I think we just met backstage. Like we didn't have we weren't we weren't performing together because the producer and the host would curate and bring in kind of a variety show. So there were comedians, there were musicians, there were burlesque dancers. That was me and my dance partner. And and then we met and it was super fun. And then somehow we just kept on, we developed our friendship and I was working in Jewish arts and culture at the time. And um, so there's just a lot of things happening in that, that, that um, cultural uh, artistic world in um, New York city at that time. So what's your memory? I mean, it's everything checks. Um, <laughs> there, are, there are two things that, were standing out to me. One was, I feel like you may have helped me with makeup, (laughs) like backstage, like maybe put on false eyelashes on me or something. I feel like there was something (laughs) where like, I had never done that thing before. And you were like my teacher in that moment. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a way to put on mascara. I don't know, but it was something. And then the other thing is, wasn't that also like I did my own song, but wasn't it also that I was singing Hava Nagila to your burlesque number? Oh my God, you were. 
Right? I totally forgot to the, that. To the um, uh, Barry sisters version of Hava Nagila with, with Susanna Perlman, with the goddess Perlman. Oh my God, that's right. Because she wanted to do live music that's, as we that's were That's how she brought me in. Which yeah. was really challenging to do live music in it as a duet with choreographed. If it's solo and you can kind of improv... Oh my God, you're totally right. I completely forgot that you were singing and you we were dancing. That was that this amazing collaboration way back it when. It was. We collaborated. <laughs> and then the only other thing I remember was, I don't remember if it was that night, but I definitely remember that Alan Cummings came to the show. I do not remember that. He used to I hang around. I mean, I guess he sort of hangs around, but for anyone, you know, who doesn't know who's, who's Ellen, who, who, who is he? Who is this man? Like one of the most famous, oh my God, musical theater. I mean, he was in cabaret. Like he was in a million things. He's a movie star. Oh my God. It's amazing. Um, anyway. Yeah. I think I am sort of now remembering that he came to our show. That's so like crazy. It was a big deal. Anyway. It was a really big deal. You're right. But yeah. So that was I've really seen, fun I've, circumstances. I've seen, him, I've seen him over the years. Like in the, I've seen him in the, sh- in the audience at some shows I performed at and we've had photos with him, but um, yeah. So that's, that is super cool. That's a so fun just... way to meet somebody. Let me just say. <laughs> and then can we you... realized that we were like both Midwestern. Yes. But then, but then there's this game that you play. Um, oh, yes. If you're, yeah. if you're Jewish, there's a game that you play called Jewish Geography, where you basically try to figure out all the people that you know <laughs> in common. <laughs> and I could not. And and Alyssa was, stumped me. She was like, you are not going to. She let me know that she was from, you know. Minneapolis. Minnesota, Minneapolis. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, I know a million Jews who live in Minneapolis. And I went through my entire like mind Rolodex <laughs> and not one of them I mean, checked. No, I, because I grew up with barely any Jewish anything. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I had to, I sought it out myself in my, my teens and my twenties trying to well, educate myself for what I was lacking in my Jewish upbringing. But well, um, the, the arts brought us together. The so arts brought us together. So um, can you just do a little Hava Nagila just for five seconds, a little singing in case anyone wants to sing along or someone has no idea what the song is? Well, I'll do the Berry Sisters. Hava Nagila, Hava Nagila, Hava Nagila, Venismecha. Hava Nagila, Hava Nagila, Hava Nagila, Venismecha. Yay! I love it. I love it. I love that you just did a little shimmy. <laughs> There's no visuals on a podcast. Oh, <laughs> it's such a good song. The Berry Sisters, they're this amazing um, Jewish singing duet from the 50s and 60s. Anyway, so we are going to, first of all, um, happy Passover. So can you just please explain what is this Jewish holiday of Passover? Just an overview. Hmm. It's a wonderful question that you raised. Like, what's Passover in a nutshell? I mean, basically, the master myth story of the Jewish people is the Exodus from Egypt, of that we went down into Egypt, we became enslaved, and that we were redeemed um, by by God, God character in the Bible through the work of. Um, God's prophet and leader Moses. And so basically the Passover is the 
ritual retelling over um over a ritual over which it's like ritual dinner theater basically it's like ritual retelling of that story utilizing a lot of visceral and and physical symbols um and story and questions and song um over the course of uh, a, a, a festival of eight days i mean that that's in a nutshell the reality is that it is one of the three main pilgrimage holidays in judaism um so there are three holidays where in the ancient days folk jewish folks um would tribally would would head towards um you know make a journey a pilgrimage to jerusalem to offer first fruits harvest etc as sacrifices it was a big meeting place where you'd kind of get the news of like hey what's happened since the last festival i saw you here you know there were births there were deaths all sorts of communal check-ins um and so that was that that was one of those that was one of those pilgrimage holidays so it's actually celebrated for eight days um the two first days of the holiday are thought of as like major holidays you don't do work you know a lot of the observance pieces that would be happening on the sabbath on shabbat um and then the days in between are like special days but you know you can work you can do whatever you want during those days um the other piece to this is that <clears throat> there are dietary dietary you know dietary restrictions around this holiday because um the the idea is that there was such a um there was such a rush, such, it was so urgent for folks to move quickly. Um, in the story of the Exodus, once Pharaoh had, um, given the green light that Moses could, in, in fact, take the Jewish people, the Israelites out of Egypt, it was so fast and furious that they didn't have a lot of time to basically gather them I mean, they were gathering like you know like modern refugees gathering what they could carry on their backs and um wasn't and, and the story goes that there wasn't enough time for the dough to rise so they took flatbread with them and that is the major significant everybody might have heard of matzah um where the only person that i think that likes matzah is my husband <laughs> who eats it all year round, but um, it's a flatbread. Uh, it basically has no taste unless you're buying sort of gourmet matzo where it comes in like everything seasoning these days or like onion or, you know, egg matzo. But it was a flatbread that they took quickly um, and headed out the door. And so there are certain things that you don't eat, things that have what is called, um, well, yeast, basically things that make it rise um, and, uh, or bloat things. So you stay away from things that can grow, you know, bread, bread products, um, corn products, you know, um, and then depending on, you know, we won't get too far into it, but depending on which part of Judaism you're from, if you're from different kinds of cultures where there were different kinds of foods that were indigenous to where you were living, those food laws differ according to those regions. So the idea is that it's 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 like a, the the dietary changes during the eight days of Passover are like um a like a meaningful. I'm just gonna say a nod, but it's more than a nod to you know that it's it's a it's observing and recognizing and putting yourself in that position of like oh 
we were slaves. And so, and we had to, we were got the green light to get the heck out. So I'm going to kind of embody that experience and then make these changes, dietary changes during that, the, the holiday of Passover in acknowledgement and observance of that memory or that collective, um, energy or idea. Yeah. There's an idea. Um, you know, I think many, many religions have ideas where you, you embody, you, um, taste, you touch, you feel the ritual pieces of this, um, bring you into a state of higher consciousness around whatever the thing is that you're focusing on. So for this, there's some denial, right? There's some like, we didn't have a lot then. And so what does it mean to deny ourselves <clears throat> right now? I know <clears throat> in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Christianity, there's Lent, you know, there are different, there are different ways in which different communities um, focus on more ascetic or, or limited, limiting what they have. You know, their other piece of this is, is like I said, there's a higher consciousness when you're really thinking about what it is that you're putting into your body um, and you slow down and you really pay attention. It can actually have a really incredible impact on how you feel as well, too. And I know you talk a lot about this. And so what I experienced during Passover, um, a lot of folks will go out and buy like the fake products. So they'll buy, you know, the instead of eating cereal with corn and wheat and what have you, they'll buy kosher for Passover cereal. I like to focus a little bit differently and not try to replace the leavened, you know, the, the yeast and leavened rising products. I try to not replace those with like fake, fake food products that are like going to pass as that. I actually try to just not eat them that week and see like what happens with my body. Do I feel differently? What is it? Does it bring a different kind of intention around some of the themes of Passover, which is really about the word actually it, when, when the Jews went down into Egypt, the word for Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim. And the root of that word, Hebrew is similar to Latin. And that like, if you look at the roots of the word that you just make tons of discoveries. So the word Mitzrayim, the core of that word is Tsar or Metzar. It's a narrow place. So not thinking literally going down to Egypt, but thinking more, I'm going into a narrow place, a place of constriction, a place where I don't feel free. I don't, I feel like my body, my soul, whatever is constricted. And what does it mean to help yourself come out of that, to have exodus from that narrow place? And so that can be mentally, it can be physically. So I think there's a lot of ways to experience Passover that are not necessarily just, you know, from the Torah or from the book, but actually a spiritual practice, a body practice. I know we're talking a lot about health and wellness here too. So what does it mean to really take eight days to focus in on, you know, almost like a spiritual cleanse, a physical cleanse? Maybe there's a way that you want to do a cleanse that week, even to see like how your body is reacting to certain things in your life, different kinds of toxins, things that make you in a more narrow, constricted space, and then to build back, to become freer as part of that process. So there's lots of, there's lots of practices we could address around Passover. 
I, um, you know, it's so funny. I remember, you know, back in my twenties when I was really more involved in, um, practicing and exploring Judaism and the holidays. And I, at that time, you know, I was, I was not eating any meat and I was eating fish, but barely. So I was, I mean, I kind of just consisted on, you know, bread products. And so Passover for me, and I wanted to observe it was so challenging because I wasn't like making, you know, fish at home or I wasn't, you know, and I just was like, it was, I just remember it was so like, I was going to starve for what are you going to eat that way? What am I going to eat? And it's like, oh my God. God, it's, it's now at this point, I mean, the way that I eat and maybe other people eat, it doesn't, I mean, everyone's in a different place and they're, you know, eating habits or whatever, but it doesn't even, um, it's, it's not any different than how I eat every day. So, (laughs) so in a way it's kind of like, if you're looking for symbolism and meaning and using some sort of a spiritual or, you know, like a cultural, um, you know, time frame or holiday or whatever to reflect upon. I just always wonder about that if you're already, you know, for like at least with food, you know, if it's like if you're already eating that way anyway, then what is different? And matzah, you know, I haven't, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe they have gluten free matzah. I eat out the there, gluten-free but, matzah right, and it's, it's so delicious. Of, I don't feel like I'm probably actually made out of myself. what's it made out of? Because it's probably made out of something because like white potatoes are inflammatory for me. So it's probably made of potato starch. So yep. you know what I'm saying? So I'm, so that's kind of a bummer, but anyway, I haven't, I haven't done that much research on it because it's not it's a great like, question. It's like, so if it doesn't, if that stuff doesn't impact you, <clears throat> you're supposed to do a couple of things. There's, there's a couple of like things you're supposed to do on Passover. You're supposed to sit together and retell the story. And you're supposed to mention three things on Passover the paschal offering the pay, what's called the pesach which is where the word passover pesach comes from the pesach offering which is like the lamb right the paschal um you're supposed to mention the matzah and what that symbolizes and the maror and maror from the root again like the latin hebrew like root situation so mar means bitter so maror is a bitter herb oftentimes thought of as like horseradish or something like that and the reason why that's so important is you're talking about when you eat horseradish it makes you like wasabi think about that it makes you cry like it, it opens you up to emotion and one of the things you're supposed to do is see yourself as if you are being redeemed. You're being delivered out of Egypt. And so therefore you have to say like, well, where are the places where I am enslaved in my life? And some of that might be, right? Health issues. You might feel a sense of enslavement um, because of health issues. You might feel a sense of enslavement because of, I don't know, a relationship you're in, um, a job that you're in, um, your own inner critic that's that's not being nice to you on a daily basis. Um, where are the places where you feel like you are enslaved? And I use that word very cautiously because, you know, there are folks today who are still enslaved. There is real slavery in this world right now, you know, and there are peoples in this country, America, who were, their families were slaves. So, um, you know, it's, I, I say this with, 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 um, the deepest respect and also invitation that if you're going to actually 
see yourself in this practice as if you are enslaved um, to just, you know, do that with, with care, um, utilize that word with care, and also think about what it means, like the privilege that you do have. Um, if you're utilizing that metaphor for some sort of a spiritual practice, but there are places getting back to that word of narrowness. There are places where we feel constricted, which might be a better word to use. We feel constricted. We feel in a narrow space and what will help us to be freer in our lives. Um, so I think there are a lot of ways to practice this holiday. I think one of the most beautiful ways to practice it is to, um, there is a line in the Passover, um, I guess the storybook, the Haggadah, that um, says, all who are hungry, come and eat. And I think there is something there of like, what are we doing to ensure that people do have a place to eat? I, um, If I'm leading a Seder, like my table is full, 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 you know, like inviting, inviting, inviting. I think you were at a Seder of mine one time a million years ago. Um and and the other piece to that is like, how do we ensure that that's not just a one day practice, right? That we're ensuring that people that people can eat. So I think there's a lot of ways to look at this story of just yourself, your community around you, the world around you, and where are there places in society and in our lives where more freedom needs to needs to occur, and what is our role in helping that to happen? Thank you. I'm curious if you are open to sharing some of, you know, just thinking about like you're beautifully tying in different ideas and concepts and themes of Passover with different ways to approach our, our well-being. And I'm, I'm interested to hear some, whatever you feel comfortable sharing some of your health, um, you know, things, whatever, whatever word we want to use that you have experienced and got challenges, I guess is probably a better word than thing um, that you have experienced in your lifetime. And, and, you know, whether that relates to themes of Passover or not, if, you know, I, I think it's relevant and, 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 and just kind of tapping into your own, um, ways of of how you have learned to support yourself and how you have found ways to um connect. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. Well, I can say overall I'm a decently healthy person. Um and also there are things that I struggle with too. Um, you know, I I have chronic rosacea. And it's something that I've struggled with. And I think you've talked a little bit about this too, of like meds or no meds. And, um, you know, how do you deal with like medication addressing something versus more holistically addressing something? I've definitely, I've definitely gone down that road with rosacea. I've been on like every drug there is. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it's hormonal and it's not hormonal and it's genetic and it's not genetic. You know, it's, it's everything. Um, that's why I'm more or less gluten-free. Um, but if I, even if I don't eat gluten, I still get rosacea, but then if I eat gluten, then it's worse. And, you know, if I eat red wine, drink red wine, which I don't, I haven't drank red wine in like 30 years, then it's worse. If I have, um, you know, nightshades, right. Um, eggplant and peppers and things like that, then it's worse, but it's not better if I don't, 
<laughs> meaning like it doesn't like doesn't heal it if I don't. And so I've had to really struggle with, um, you know, my doctor saying like, let's just do a round of antibiotics and get it in check. And I'm like, oh, here we go again, another round of antibiotics. And so I oftentimes feel like I'm really, I'm out to sea um, in this area. Um, and on top of that, I am, I'm menopausal right now. I'm in perimenopause. And so I've watched and witnessed my whole, my whole system shift and change um, my skin um, my hair and my rosacea has gotten to be, and, and it's gotten to be like, it will like flare up, like in ways I'm like, wow, I haven't seen it like that in a really long time. So it's been a real challenge. Um, and I think, um, two things connect for me in this practice of Passover, um, to this, to this work. Number one is like when the Israelites, when the Israelites are finally freed. When Moses is like, let's do it. We're going. Tonight's the night. Let's go. And the the whole reason they're going is to go and worship their God in the desert for a few days. That's that's the whole premise of this. And they leave Egypt. They leave that narrow place and they're on the road. They don't go directly to the quote promised land. They go a really long roundabout. In fact, they, they're basically lost in the desert. They're in the wilderness. And I oftentimes think of myself in that way, like it's like two steps forward, one step back with the Israelites. And I often think about that. It's a long road. It's a long road. It's, there's no quick fix to this. And so um, I keep that in mind. I think that's a really important piece of the story that maybe you know people like, oh, yeah, you go and you get the Ten Commandments and it's Exodus. Yay. But no, it was really hard. There were a lot of setbacks. There was um, constriction. There was wanting, you know, like, um, you know, regret. You know, I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have come, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, Wow. Shouldn't have had that, you know, that alcohol that night because that really flared me up the next day. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bitterness in that. Um, But ultimately, hopefully there's healing. And that's the second piece I wanted to mention, which is that later on in the, in the story, not exactly in that Passover story, but connected characters. Um, there is a, there is a moment between Moses and his sister and he basically, um, you know, there, the commentators have a lot to say about this, but basically she was talking a little smack about her brother and his choice of partner and she becomes afflicted, afflicted with skin stuff, skin, just awful skin stuff. Um, some say it was leprosy. Who knows? Maybe it was rosacea. Who knows? Maybe it was eczema. We don't know. We, really don't, <laughs> really know. we don't know. But in that moment, there was um, Moses really showed himself as a generous soul because all this theoretically she was afflicted because of her actions, because of her words, um, her and what she said. And Moses's first instinct was to call it a spontaneous prayer of healing to his God to heal her. Please, God, please heal her. 
and it's uh, it's a it's the sh- I believe it's the shortest prayer in the Torah. Um, it is an extemporaneous prayer. It's very personal, um, and it's a prayer for healing. And um, and I think that's the second piece of this that I wanted to connect into this story is like how and where do we seek healing? Where does that come from? Sometimes it's doctors. Sometimes it's dietary. Sometimes it's from a beloved friend who just spontaneously reaches out and says, please help my friend, help my sibling. So um, there's a lot, there's a lot packed into this that I think really relates to our lives, our wellness, um, how we heal when we hurt. Thank you. Can you, for anyone who's unfamiliar with rosacea, can you explain what it is? Yeah, I will probably do a terrible job. No, you won't. You're great. But um, it's basically a skin disorder where there are, this is where I mess up. I don't know if they're like capillaries or whatever it is under the skin, the blood vessel stuff that's right under your skin becomes inflamed and it basically pops out so that you feel like you have these like red blotches all over your face. Um, you've probably seen somebody with rosacea before. They're really red in the skin. And it can be awful and it can be very mild. It can be like, oh, you're, you're, you always have a lot of color in your face. Or it can be like, like almost look like pimples or like even worse, like blotchy red. I mean, it's just really can look really not great. So, um, and Hormones are definitely connected. I had the best skin of my life when I was pregnant. It was like miracle skin. I don't know. It was amazing. I was like a superhuman. Um, Now that I'm going through menopause, my skin has tanked, tanked. And I'm not keen on over-medicating myself. I have some topical stuff I'll put on when I think it's getting really bad. Um, the other thing is, like, for example, I had to wear makeup for um, a photo shoot and music video shoot I just did, and also for the show that you and I were um, in. And I, I've never, I don't wear foundation. I don't wear anything on my skin because I'm just like, anything's going to irritate it. <laughs> like, literally, in fact, like, it becomes hard with SPF, you know, um, zinc products can really irritate my skin as well, too, on my face. And I got like just foundation, like a tinted, like very light, gentle cover up that I just dab on my face for, you know, for the professional photos I needed to take. And the next day, blotchy, blotchy, blotchy. And you can see my face right now because we're looking at each other on the Zoom, but you can see it's like there's, there's a lot going on there. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't hurt. And it changes nothing in my life. Like I am just very blessed that it's not a, a disability of any sense. And it's the first thing that people see on you. So there is a piece of that that um, could hold shame. I mean, I'm not ashamed of it, but it's just like I would prefer not to look that way. What's that like for you when you're saying it's so interesting, like you don't eat gluten, you're more or less gluten-free but then it's still there or you, you know, you don't, you know, you could do this, but it's still sort of there. Like what I think, I think 
everyone can relate to that. You know, some people are more actively working on their healing than others. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing that we've all learned, it's like, there's unfortunately a lot of confusion um, and healing is not linear and there's no quick fix. There's no magic pill, not, no magic bullet, all of that. But how do you, like, h- how do you deal with that emotionally? Yeah. I mean, like I said before, it like, it doesn't get better, but it doesn't get worse. So, you know, I, I guess I just like, there are days where I'm just like, somebody made a homemade lasagna or someone made a homemade challah. I'm not going to not eat that because A, my friend made that challah and it's probably delicious. And I don't want to deny myself, you know, I'm on this planet to enjoy life. And who knows if I get another chance at this, what happens after we die. So I will suffer the consequences the next day. And I think that's a decision that everybody has to make in their own lives. Um, you know, if I, I, I rarely drink anymore. And if I, you know, like you and I were going out and having a glass of wine together, I would want to have that glass of wine with you. And then I'm going to, you know, it's going to be a, a little while until things settle down in my face. Okay. You know, that, I make those decisions. Um, try to, try to have a healthy kind of moderate attitude towards this. But I've been off the wagon a little bit on my gluten and um, I'm, notice, I'm noticing it, I'm really noticing it. So I, I need to sort of pull that back. And it's this is, I mean, for God's sakes, like if you were ever going to be gluten-free, this era is the time to do it. <laughs> there are so <laughs> many good options. Yeah. There's so many good bakeries. There's so many good, you know, products out there. So it's it's definitely, I feel, I mean, I'm not celiac. I, I feel badly for my friends who grew up, you know, I'm almost 50 years old. And for my friends that grew up even like 20 years ago, it was like a really different story. It's so interesting. You know, there are, so I'm the, I'm, I'm the gal who will decline the challah or the lasagna like that just wouldn't, you know, and I, and in its personality type, it's, you know, your, your decision. And I, and I, um, you know, I have a good friend who always pushes her boundary. She she is she has a lot of nightshade sensitivity. She has like more kind of allergic reactions, and she just keeps on pushing it. And I'm like, why? Why yeah. do you do that? Right. You know. And I really think it's a personality type, and it's like just and it's a human nature thing too. And I think there's other people who are like me who are like, nope. You know, it's not. I mean. I mean, you probably have more discipline than I do, quite frankly. I don't think it's about you were that. a skater. You were a skater. You had to, you had to get skater, up at yeah. four in the morning. I, mean, I did. <laughs> so I, I honestly think there is something to that. That there, yeah, there... but also like you know, I'm a Capricorn and you're an Aries, so you're just like fire sign, like woohoo! <laughs> just gonna do it, whatever you know. <laughs> I'll pay the consequences later. I make my um, make my bed and, and the sleep. The friend in I it. was referring to is a Leo, so she's a fire sign anyway. But anyway, so but whatever. I'm sure that, and it does. And anyway, but, um, but it's like, I, I, I always, am, I wonder about that. Like I, on the one hand, like I, I love how people come to making decisions about their health and my, my, um, my, 
like hope is that people do it with intention, with mindfulness. So it seems like you are making the decision. You're like, okay, my friend just made this amazing lasagna and I know it's not going to be great, but I want to enjoy it. And like I'll I have know- a little bite of it or whatever, like a yeah. small piece. And yeah. yeah. And then it might impact me, but it's like, you are making that conscious de- decision. And I really admire that because that is your, this is your life. And like yeah. you deserve to enjoy that and try that. And, you know, and then well, I think this wraps nicely back to Passover anyway, because that, I, it does, because that this week, that week, right? Right now, this week is about making those decisions every single day. We live in New York City. There's so much food. I mean, there are bagels on every corner for crying out loud. You know, like there's there's so much, there's so much every day. I mean, it's not even just bagels. It's like corn products. Like all there's a list, there's a laundry list of things you're not supposed to eat, products you're not supposed to eat that have leavening or act like leavening, right? Like popcorn, because the corn expands, right? So you're not supposed to have corn, like corn flakes, what, whatever it is. So even if you can have corn and you can't have gluten, you know, you're not supposed to do that either. You're really not supposed to do rice. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you're not supposed to eat and you're surrounded by it in New York City. So every day you're having to make those decisions. You know, you go to a salad place to get a salad and you're like, oh, I better not have that because it's probably in something that has leavening in it, you know? So- I think there's a way to, I mean, to me, I always think of the Jewish holidays as like, what is it going to re-kickstart in me? So like for Yom Kippur, that is like a day where I'm just like flushing everything out, you know, start the slate clean, make amends, do what I need to do, realign myself, re-intentionalize myself for the year, right? It's Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Those are the New Year's and like the Day of Atonement, Right. I think of Passover, which by the way is looked at as a, there's like five, I think five Jewish New Year's in the year. Um, uh, Passover is looked at as the new year of the spring. It's the new year of the spring and um, rebirth. That's why there's so many things. I mean, there's Easter. It's so connected. There's a lot of rebirth kind of things. Oval, eggs, eggs are a huge part of Passover too. Um, green parsley on the, on the, on the Passover plate, on the Seder plate. Um, so to me, that's like what, again, I have another opportunity midway through the year to start fresh, to rethink, to realign, to clean out my closet, clean out all the schmutz, <laughs> clean out all the, that's like guck, you know, um, to, <laughs> and, and, and to actually think of, um, leavening is like a sense of bloating. Like what can I unbloat, you know, yeah. could be my closet. It could be like toxic relationships. It could be. Um, your inbox, cleaning out your inbox, yeah. you know, and your email it could be any sort of practice that's going to help you to kind of realign yourself, rebirth yourself, feel better about yourself. And that could also be around dietary pieces as well, too. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. This is yeah. so good. Yeah. This is so. You can start right now. We can, <laughs> we can start right now. What are you going to clean out? I know. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we all have so much like physically and metaphorically and mentally and spiritually and everything to could be it could be the soap gunk on the soap dish. (laughs) It's been sitting there forever and ever. And you're like, this is it. This is the time I'm going to scrape it out, you know. (laughs) Right. I love it. Bra- bras um, that bras that don't fit anymore. Come bras on, that don't get rid fit. of them. Get rid of them. Oh God, get them out. Non-attachment. Yeah. 
I I feel like I can you um as we're kind of winding down, um, I'm wondering if um there's like a song that you could it could be in English or it could be in Hebrew. I don't know. I oh. feel like you sang a little bit earlier and um and you're such a like a beautiful singer and musician and just maybe not like a full song, but if there's anything, I don't know. I'm I know I'm totally putting you on the spot, but I just kind of felt like, oh, let's let's come together and you know listen to your beautiful voice and energy sing just a little tidbit well i will share my friend aviva chernick i'm not going to do this justice she's an incredible she's a songstress spiritual leader amazing she's from toronto and she wrote a setting that i could probably sing like one phrase from it's from a piece of text that is typically recited. It's from the Hallel, from the Hallel service, um, which are basically psalms of praise that are sung on all the major festivals, like we were talking about the pilgrimage holidays, right? And it says, Min hametzar, from the narrow place, karati Yah. I called out to Yah. Yah is another name for God. Um, it's a feminine, feminine name. And, and it's also... Um, it's um there's a numerology in all hebrew letters and the letters equal 15 and 15 is like the 15th of the month is like the is like the full moon so there's something about moon goddess something in there so from the narrow place i called out to goddess right anani and was answered from the expanse the great expanse and if someone doesn't believe in God or goddess, what is, what, how do we take Great. that? Step? So that is when I'm in my most narrow place, how, how calling out, singing, primal screaming can bring more expansiveness, asking for help, you know, from yourself, from whomever, um, can bring, can bring expansiveness. Um, just fun fact and I said I would mention this to you before we spoke, but fun fact is singing creates, produces oxytocin in your body, which is the feel-good chemical, like when you're having an orgasm or sex or running and you get that endorphin high, you know, like the oxytocin is that is that feeling. And singing actually, actually singing those vibrations inside of you produces that chemical. So uh, let's see if I can conjure this up. Mina meza karatia, mina meza karatia, anani bamechavia, mina meza karatia, mina meza karatia. That's so beautiful. Do you sing? Do you do you sing to your daughter like that? <laughs> I I sing a little quieter to her because I'm, <laughs> I'm putting her to sleep. It would sound more like. That sounds so comforting. It's so beautiful. 
Yeah. I always I kinda, admire I kind of messed it up a little bit. If well, we didn't know. Me. We did not know. I did not know. <laughs> I just always, you know, you're a musician and your husband's a musician. And I always wonder, you know, my my parents are not musicians, like, and I and I love music. I'm a huge music person, but I always like wonder, like, oh, I wonder what it would grow up to be, have a parent play the guitar or, you know, like sing, you know, like more than just row, row, row your boat. <laughs> I can tell you she's she's pretty used to it at this point. But there were times like I would go into her like her 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 like preschool class or whatever and she would like start crying if I played like she wouldn't want me to play. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Like, yeah. But I love I mean I mean it's like singing um you know even if our bodies are in pain and it's hard to move or you know there is something deeply you know not only chemically supportive um, when we sing, but also there is just such, it can be so meaningful and connecting and spiritual, beautiful, and just fun. Super healing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Debbie healing. Friedman, Debbie Friedman, who um, was, I think, the most prolific Jewish musician of our time, um, passed away. Um, she was a boundary breaker. There's so much to say, I can't even do it justice, but she actually was in deep pain. She had a lot of physical ailments. Um, she was a, a sick person. And she, through that work, which I think you are doing, you know, Alyssa, and you're helping so many people through the work of her exploring what was going to be helpful to her, she ended up creating a healing service. Um, and the main song that came out of that healing service was her, what's called Misha Berach, me, the one who blesses help heal us. And it's, um, I, maybe I'll just do like a little snippet for our, for our community here. We could, you know, this could be the last thing I share. May the source of strength who bless the ones before us, help us find the courage to make our lives a blessing and let us say, Amen. Bless those in need of healing with refuah the renewal of body, the renewal of spirit, and let us say Amen. Naomi, that's so beautiful. I have tears in my eyes. That's so perfect. Oh, that is so perfect. I, I, you know, I think that no matter where anyone's at listening, you know, I just think that, that the, 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 the ideas and the energy around that are just about loving and healing and connectedness and, also kindness, you know, just, and, and, and creating that, um, that healing opportunity in space. So I think everyone, 
um, can use a little dose of love and connection and healing and kindness. Um, that was yeah, in so my community. Beautiful. We in my community lab show we call that God optional. You call what you call what God the the community that yes our, yeah our practice. I know I love yeah 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 because everyone's coming from a different place and I you know I think being inclusive and um and just open communication and understanding that everyone has a different experience is just in every year of our life and is just so critical to to our collective growth as a <laughs> as humans um so yeah so thank you oh this is so beautiful you are you are so beautiful and so generous with your wisdom and your love and thank you so much as we're just you know that was like the perfect place to end but is there anything else that you feel like you're wanting to share I just want to thank you for creating this space for helping so many people out there. You all are so lucky that she decided to do this with her life. It's amazing. Oh my God. Now I'm going to pass the Kleenex. Uh, may, may we have many opportunities to be on stage dancing together. Yes, to, to yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so, so, so much, Naomi. I appreciate you so much. I got you. Bye. (sighs) I feel so calm and peaceful after hearing Naomi and her beautiful voice sing. So I, I am so grateful for her and really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And I hope that you found meaning and insight and inspiration as well with all of the, just the golden nuggets that she shared in terms of learning about the themes of Passover and how to connect it to our wellness and really, you know, thinking about how, whether it's a holiday or whether it's a birthday or an anniversary, really any day is an opportunity for us to reconnect with ourselves and reconnect with our body and really create mindfulness and set intention around our own lifestyle choices and how we want to feel in our bodies and how we want the choices we want to make in our lives. And I think what's helpful and what I appreciate about this conversation today is this idea of this holiday of Passover and the different themes that it offers to us to consider how how could that apply to our life? How can we create awareness around, around our life's journey and utilize some sort of a theme, you know, that we come across? You know, maybe it's not a holiday. Maybe it's a book that we read, you know, whatever it is, and explore that for ourselves because we really do. It's such a, it's such a beautiful opportunity to just continue to grow and evolve. And I'm so grateful to be here with you on this journey. And again, appreciate Naomi so much for being herself. And I will put all of her information in the description of the show so you can connect with her and follow her. And thank you so much for tuning and joining me today. And until next week, say something nice to yourself. Slow down when you eat and say yes to rest. Hey, if what you're hearing resonates with you, I created a free resource just for you. Anti-inflammatory living, the essential guide. 
To get your free copy, head over to guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com. That's guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com to receive your free anti-inflammatory living, The Essential Guide.